You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hi, welcome back to this episode. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. Today, my guest is Kurt Euler. He is a globally recognized marketer, operator, and speaker. As a dynamic and charismatic speaker on marketing and innovation, Kurt's, Kurt's experience, uh, speaking experience includes speeches across the United States and Europe. He's worked with presidents of the United States. He's worked at the White House. He is a a popular and entertaining commentator and has appeared on national television shows such as Wired, TechCrunch, Thrive Global, USA Today, NBC, ABC, etc. He's built a business running over $500 million worth of revenue, assembled teams across six continents, and has been part of small team leading, small team leading as well. He's done do dozens of acquisitions and he's a tech techie guy, <laughs> a tech guy, that's for sure. Um, and he is part of EXP Realty and some other companies. So that's just one part of what he does. But we're going to talk today about real estate and tech at the same time. And then we might go down some other some other roads. Who knows what happens? But Kurt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jen. Yeah, yeah. I'm, str I'm struggling with your name because my, my son's name is Kirk, which you probably get yeah. a lot of, right? And he does too. I do. Yeah, so I just want to call you Kirk instead of Kurt, but but I'm a good girl. I'll I'll call you the right name. So you know, I think your your background is pretty interesting because it's so diverse. So tell us a little bit, like how'd you get into? You didn't get into really anything. You got into many things. So what was the catalyst that took you that way? And then all of a sudden you're dabbling in all these different different places. Where does that all stem from? Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I've. I don't sleep a lot, which helps. So I only sleep about two to three hours a night. Three hours is a long night for me. And so I have more hours than a lot of people. But I mean, I, I started two LLCs when I was 14. And I just, when I kind of came out of school, I got drafted into this company. We think about all the places that use like mapping and spatial data. Well, I, I joined a company that was the dominant player in that. Like they're bigger than Google Maps for that. And so I basically worked for 10 years in high growth tech in ele across 11 to 12 industries where I would walk from like, FedEx, you know, logistics into real estate, into Microsoft video games. And so it was like being at Bain and company for 10 right. and a half years. So we took that company up to 1.44 billion in sales and sold it later for 8.1 million or sorry, 8.1 billion. And it was like huge kind of thing. And I was just like, I've always been in, you know, high growth technology since then, invested in a bunch of things and found my way into real estate, like at this point, almost six years ago. And it's just kind of been amazing since then. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about what you do to help real estate agents on the tech side, and then we'll get into some other pieces. Cause I know you'd speak about team building and, and other things, but, but what are you doing specifically in the real estate realm for tech? And what do, what do you see that's coming? You know, I even talked to people yesterday that said, look, I just can't even get on Facebook yet. And I'm going, 
it's not going away. It, I mean, maybe Facebook is right. like get sued or who knows, but, but it's not going away. So what are you doing right, right now to help agents? So kind of two different things. So I do work for EXP World Holdings. So I, I help run EXP consumer technology. So the technology that's built within EXP, including powering all the brokerage referral apps and their websites and such. But I came to EXP and still run underneath me Showcase IDX, which is the number one like IDX, the home search on agent websites. Thousands of agents across 100 plus brokers and teams. And that's been that unique place to really brought my my marketing and high growth thing where now I, I do, as you mentioned, I speak across the industry because I've been able to look inside like more than 200,000 agent websites over the years, see, see m- many of their CRMs about what's growing and not, and kind of being able to talk back to agents about like what's working and, and what's not including like, hey, should you use your brokerage tools or should you not and go build like a website yourself? And so like that kind of question you mentioned about like, hey, somebody's thinking about, should they get on Facebook or not? Like I get questions like that all the time. And yeah. it's like, should you? Maybe, but 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 also like, should agents hop on the next new thing? I mean, gosh, I think more than any industry I, I, I participate in, like agents suffer from shiny objects in Absolutely. And you do not make progress without consistency. And so that's a hard thing for, I think, a lot of agents. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, you know, it, and, and I don't know why no one's ever heard this. I, I mean, it's pretty simple, but shiny object syndrome is an SOS acronym, which means help, right? Like help. I, I need Absolutely. something. I need a magic bullet. I need something, right? All right. So I know that you have a couple of suggestions and then we'll move on to some other things, but you have a couple of suggestions for real estate agents. And so loan officers who are listening in here, you want to take notes on this so that you can share this with your real estate agents or share this this podcast forward. What are two really good things or three things that agents could be doing right now, realtors could be doing right now to elevate their technology? Well, the first is to realize that they're going to, ha- they, they, they should have a stack of technology and, you know, there are all in one platforms out there. Your brokerage might give you something like KV core sync and those are okay. But, but for me as the agent, like it's, it's your business, not the, not, not your brokerage's business. And so yeah. like NAR says you change, you change brokerages every five years on average. And so if you build your business, which is yours as a 1099 contractor on whatever you get from your brokerage. Well, what happens when you leave? If that's like, for me, the biggest thing for any agent is like their personal, it's it's their personal brand and their database of contacts. And so personal brand, like you're, to the agent that asked you like, hey, should they be on Facebook? Like the personal brand for me is built around your own website because that allows you then to take advantage of whether it's email or Facebook or TikTok. If you want to do those things or you don't, you if you have a website, you get to tell your own story and it's not kurt.kw.com. It's my yeah. own website, it should be. But then it's not only like, should you get on some, this new social media channel? It also means then that you're protected when you treat that website as a hub and you taught your clients to go back to that. Because I mean, we've all experienced when email changed and things started going to spam and Google split into different tabs. That's the same thing when any of the social media channels change organic reach. And now instead of 100% of your audience seeing it, it's like 0.1%. And so having that website gives you a place to tell your own story, but bring clients back to. But here's your tip. Here's a good tip for your loan, for all the loan officers. Yeah, I was going to just- The agents you. have to build a website themselves because of the MLS rules. Yeah. But I know two big, two, two decent mortgage groups where- what they've done is they know that a lot of agents don't don't have the technical savvy to build it themselves. 
And so you also can't do 100%, I get all of your leads. And so they offer, hey, can I build you, Mr. or Mrs. Agent, your website? So it's still the, ML, the agent's website, but the mortgage officer is the one that actually paid for it and built it. And because they help manage it, they also get to see all the leads, even though the agent still has the ability to send off somewhere else. Wow, that's so successful for both on the loan side, but it helps yeah. the agents because otherwise the agent would have felt stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we have to be careful on the loan side because it can't be free. <laughs> it can't be free to the agent. Right. That's a RESPA violation, but, but yeah, I mean, they say, you know, yep. Hey, I can build it for you. So, you know, so loan officers that have that technology or that, that skill set, you know, certainly can, can help them with that. And yeah, I was going to ask yep. you about, so this is where I want to ask you about loan officers is, you know, I, I preach to my coaching students all the time. It's you incorporated, right? You Inc. It's never your company. And, and I know you're saying the same thing, which is great, but as W2, because all loan officers are W2'd and still commission, hundred percent commission, most of them are hundred percent commission and W2'd. Where does that, that line draw in having their own website? Because there are some people, and I, and I know you're not giving legal advice or anything, but and we, we'll preface that, right. but check with your compliance and your legal, right? Everybody check with them. But, you know, some, right. some loan officers are really good at having their own site that maybe has a back end that is associated with their company, but they have their own front end. And then some don't have any at all. Their companies say, look, you have to use our sites, et cetera. Is that a company issue? Is that perhaps a legal issue? And, you know, what what do lo can loan officers do with their database? Because it seems that most loan officers, when they leave their company, their database stays with the company because the company feels they own those leads. Yeah, well, I mean, it, that it does depend on your agreement with, with with your company that you're working with, and so some very often, you know, the leads may stick with them. For me, I, that that would make a big decision about whether or not I stay. You know, I would choose to work with that that company yeah. kind of going forward, yeah. or when I make the hop, am I going to go to that? Uh, but but there's also there's a there is a big difference between exporting out anything from your CRM, and so like I would not I would you know. I have to put my leads into, you know, into the, the, the mortgage companies, you know, their database, that's, those are their leads. That doesn't mean that I can't connect with them elsewhere, whether mm -hmm. that's on LinkedIn, I can have my own website that I'm, right. I'm talking about other things. If people choose to sign up for them, then, then that's a relationship that they've chosen. And yes. so, you know, I, I would, I would never worry that you're in real estate, whether you're on the, 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 the agent side selling properties. If, if, if those leads, see, you need to know what your agreement says. And I mean, in any industry, I can't stand a salesperson that necessarily says, Hey, I'm just going to export out and steal the leads. Sometimes people get away with it, yeah. but, but I mean, in the end of the day, it's like, you still know that you did that. And so, but that, you know, connect with your people on LinkedIn, let them know that you have a website. If you're, you know, that's also where if you're a loan officer, Hey, there's a ton of great information that you can share. That's not just for people that are actively buying and selling, but to yeah. build an audience on Facebook or TikTok. And so when you do that, mm -hmm. tell people, Hey, sign up for my newsletter and I'll send out, send out something just periodically. That's not your company's then. Yeah. So that's yeah. your and own you personal can, brand. Right. And but you that can, also makes you valuable later on. Right. Yeah. And you can hold your membership inside of your own personal website and, you know, so we had, so for us, what we did back then, back when I was originating five years ago, is that we had a Facebook group 
that we mm -hmm. directed everybody to, because that's where we would put timely information, announce all of our events, announce, you know, our client yep. appreciation party. We would do all that there, there. And then we had a separate website where we had all of our resources. It was sort of our resources, you know, website and that had membership in it. And so anybody who went there that requested a PDF or, you know, wanted to look at something, we say, first, let us get your information. Right. And that's where we housed our membership. And that, that became where we had it. So that's hopefully a good idea. What other things could agents be doing right now that you're seeing? And, and I know you work on all kinds of things. So maybe even we should be talking about just today's market, you know, today's market generally. Right. I've been using, and I know everybody who's listening here is kind of sick of it right now, but I promise I'll stop talking about it because it's now April 1st tomorrow. <laughs> but <laughs> I've been saying, don't hibernate hyper-focus. Now is the time to be hyper-focusing on a lot of aspects of your practice. And it's not time to be hibernating because there's no rates are high. There's no listings. There's no inventory. Everybody's kind of hibernating. And, you know, when the day comes that you decide you're going to come out of that hibernation and you're stretching, everybody else is going to be busy. Let's hope, right? Let's hope we're not all hibernating. Okay. So what are some suggestions that you have based on your knowledge you know, specifically back in, you know, when you look at real estate and marketing and growing businesses, give us, give us some good nuggets here and you can give us as many as you want. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. I, well, I, I think, I mean, you're thinking about like, don't hibernate. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know, I know many agents right now that what all that they've been doing since November of last year has been writing content. Like, yeah. like, Hey, inventory is down a good bit transactions are have just gone in the tank on, on, on both the loan side you know and, and the the transaction side and so they're saying they're saying look if I can't go show houses right now I'm just going to start banking content that some cases they're going ahead and pu pushing it on their website which will be good for Google others are just like they're they're literally banking stuff that will go out in October November of this year when hopefully things have turned back around and so that's a huge thing but I know so if especially on the on the agent side, they agents tend where they tend to screw up, I think, all of their marketing, but especially anything content that they do, is they they stay hyper focused on content that's actually only only relevant to their clients when they're actively buying or selling. Mm. And and that's horrible, like for the long term, because like you're in a market where people move on average every 10 years and it takes six months from like like starting to actually look to closing your transaction moving. Well, that means like from the math means that 95% of the people that you would have in your CRM are not actively buying and selling. So right. if you, all you're pushing out is new listing, new yeah. listing, Hey, here's the, here's a close. <clears throat> like, like you're hitting your head against the say, wall. Yeah. You're hitting. Oh your yeah. Head but that's what people do. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go to, and then they say, well, I tried Facebook and it doesn't work. And it's like, well, you either share that type of content or you just signed up for keeping current matters and you were sharing the same dribble that everybody else was yeah. as opposed to, you know, your local market. This is the first year in six years in this house that I actually know that I'm in Roswell, Georgia, that, that our once a month, big street festival that our city puts on. This is the first year that I found out about it, not from two local agents that I know, one of which sold us this house, because that's part of them just being like, sharing about the community because I'm a homeowner and I live here. 
This year, I just, I'm happy to be friends with one of the council, council women. So I, I happen to see it on her Facebook first, but I'll still get it from Bobby Lyerly in his like snail mail and email about letting me know about a live after five in Roswell, Georgia. Right. That's great content that keeps relevant. And I don't know how many times, like at least two or three of those years, that message specifically, when I get it in, I forward to my mother-in-law, my sister, my brother about, and and so his name goes along with that. And it's like super easy content to plan for. Yeah. Well, and I think, don't you think a lot of people, and I'll, I'll tell you a lot of my, my students that this is one of the biggest struggles I have is that I sort of, I not sort of, I have to force the business plan. Like I have to work on it with them. It's a done with you business plan because they won't do it and send it to me. So I have to work on it with them. And then I have to work on their marketing plan as well. And one of the things that I think that, you know, created my success and, you know, of course I had, I was in the top 200 loan officers in the country and, you know, all that is that I laid out my entire marketing plan for the entire year a year in advance, you know, so that I could hold myself accountable. I could tell people about it way in advance, you know, and because I'm telling them about it way in advance and asking them and put it on their calendar, I have to hold the event. I have to hold the seminar. I have to hold the client appreciation party, or I have to, you know, not pitch, but had a monthly theme that I did. Right. So every month I had a theme or if I was doing something with charity and, uh, you know, I think that everyone is so short-sighted. They're they're just looking at what today is. Oh, well, she did that. So I'm going to do that. You know, and I, I always akin this to Christmas. I remember this happened. I was a long time ago. I was in a real estate office as a loan officer and the real estate agent brought in some real estate agent had a whole bunch of appointments delivered that they were going to deliver to their clients at Christmas. Well, okay. next thing I know, if probably 14 or 15 different agents in the office were having poinsettias delivered to the office too, so that they could go out and do the same thing. And it's like this copycat syndrome, right? Yep. It is, and, and those are shiny objects, by the way, because there's, why are they yep. doing it? Why, what was the purpose behind it? And I, this happens with loan officers too, where they're not thinking ahead and not, and, you know, we had this conversation yesterday about content. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about this for you, from you. My suggestion to people is always that we are asked questions every single day that can become content. And I call it a daily, a daily digital deep dive. And so if I was Mm -hmm. asked the question, you know, should I bake peanut butter cookies? I'm going to talk all about Mm -hmm. peanut butter cookies in a large, a, a longer email or a longer video that will be used for YouTube. And then I'll chop it down so that I can put it on Facebook and then I'll point to it on Instagram and, you know, using a meme and then I'll have something quick on TikTok. And then it might be my theme for the week, but people right. don't even think that They're like, I don't know what to talk about. So give us some ideas on what you think content would be or could be for everyone and what kind of strategy we might put together in order to start developing it. Yeah. Well, I like your first thing about the, 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 the marketing plan and planning it up front for coming up with content, I find for agents, like you can copy people and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's great tools. Like there's a tool called Social Insider. You can go see what content have worked, has worked best for competitors in other markets and just go, yeah. hey, I want to go do that. But I think just like coming up with your marketing plan, coming up with content, there's a benefit to not just planning it ahead of time, but mm-hmm. especially for content, like we're almost everybody. It's like, if I say, hey, tell me a joke it's almost impossible for people just to be funny, even professional comedians. And so if I say be creative, it's the same thing. So you have to get into that mindset. So, but if you batch time to say, hey, what am I gonna, as part of my marketing plan, what are the content topics I wanna cover in six months of this year? 
that's a lot easier to do when you just say, I'm going to do it on this Tuesday, as opposed to I'm going to do it spur of the moment. And now yeah. spur of the moment can be great. I have a, a, a loan officer here in Roswell, Georgia named Alan. Alan, he literally will walk out of a move walk out of a meeting with a client and pull out his phone and do a video at times. Yeah. And, and so, and he'll tell stories not without private information. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's a good combination there. I mean, look, you know, there's, you know, when, when the feds raise rates, that's an opportunity. You know, I, I think anything that happens in the market, Absolutely. you know, when a report comes out, sure, that's an opportunity. Or when you say, right. hey, you know, I just left a client, you know, meeting with a client and this really came up and it was something that was really important to them. It might be important to you. So I wanted to share it with you now. Certainly. Yeah. But then the, I, the, I love the, I love those spur of the moment things. Yeah. That happen. The problem is people, when people do only that, that's random right. acts of marketing. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But also most agents, they say that they'll do it. But when you look back, they if, if you actually don't walk out and do it right then, you will find some excuse to not do it. And so like Alan, Alan will make the excuse that says, unless he's walking right into another meeting, his excuse is I'm going to do that video. I'm going to do that random act because he knows otherwise it'll be seven days later and he will have forgotten that wonderful right. story that he should <laughs> right. have shared. And so right. we all make excuses yeah. Regardless, just make an excuse to do the random if you're going to do it. But even yeah. then, it's like you're right about you can plan for things. I mean, on the loan side, just as the on the on the agent side, like, hey, you could go ahead and plan up front. Hey, like it doesn't have to be just your content because yeah. like literally just doing a podcast like this. Look, all you have to do is say, hey, look, in the spring, I'm going to call the home inspector that I that I know and I, tr I trust anyways. I and I'm going to put on the calendar for them and say, I'm going to ask you just three or four questions about what people should be doing. I'm going to transcribe it. I'm going to send it out to my clients. And, and chances are then they're going to send it out too, because they're a small business. And what typically happens, they paid for constant contact for four years. They haven't sent a single letter. The moment you put a video out that shows them and anything, and you say, hey, here's the link to it. They will actually go and use the constant contact they paid four years for. And then, well, that's also free market, but you can plan that ahead of time. Yeah. So when, yes, when rates change, you can do that. But like, it's, we all work in real estate. It's not, it's, this is not rocket science. We I know can it. look ahead and plan for that. I know everybody, we talked about this yesterday. I, it, I just did a three-day event. We talked about this yesterday. I'm like, God, why does everybody make it so complicated? It's just so simple. You know, when it, when it comes down to the bottom line, regardless of what your goals are, right. okay, which I'm not even a goal fan. <laughs> and I'll, I could talk about that at some other time, but I'm not a fan of setting out goals specifically. If you, if you reverse engineer that and everything is about client acquisition and piquing the interest of as many people as you can on a daily basis so that it grows exponentially and then watch your, your goal, whatever your goals are, just blow up. If we focus on the simplest part of it, the bottom line of this, which is see the people tell the story. See the people tell yep. the story all day, every day. See the people tell the story. And if people could just be that granular, their businesses would blow up because it would elevate their influence, their credibility, right? All of Absolutely. These. And yesterday we had someone on the call who refused to get on, on camera <laughs> and she's a real estate agent, right? And she refused to get on camera. She said, I just don't like the way I look. And yet she said, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And I kept thinking, well, is it going to be an audio podcast? Because nobody does that anymore. Everyone does video podcasts. Right. 
And I said, well, you're going to be a secret agent. You know, I, I don't understand those kinds of good things. So anyway, I could go on and on and on. It's not about me. It's about you. So I'm just agents, I'm get, agents get scared. I mean, yeah, agents get scared. So, I mean, you know, I, I think if you really that, that's so much what I end up doing with coaching, too, is I'll work through with people. And it's like I almost guarantee that that she's scared about something, personal reflection and whatnot. And, and sometimes we just have to unlock that. But I also tell people like it, you like you may be scared to get in video, get in video because like one is just your point. Everybody pays attention to it. All the social media algorithms love video way more than anything just text, but it's going to be so much better. I look back on even things where it's like, I look at my, like the first five keynotes, somebody paid me like real dollars to show up to. And now I've done, you know, 50, maybe 70, you know, paid keynotes. And I, I, I go back, like, I almost want to go back to the first five and give them their money back, like with interest, because I'm right. so much better now than I was before. I like, I have a video of like number two and yeah. it's appalling to me. But, but, but I got stuck. If I would not have struggled through those first five, I wouldn't have done it. So it's like, like, I'd say like, if you're scared of doing videos, like, here's the thing you need to do it. So like put time in your calendar and do plan ahead a topic for 40 days and just do five minutes for 40 days. And yeah. after 40 days, decide, don't even think about it at any time. You, you either make the decision ahead of time to do 40 days worth it. And you're going to put on your calendar on day 41 how do I feel? And do I want to keep doing this? And I, I almost everybody will go, that's not so bad. This should yeah. be something I do all the time. Now, and now listen, do you have to do it every day then? No, yeah. but, but get through it. Right. Well, and I think that's, you know, it's akin to anything. If you're trying to learn how to ski, it sucks when you're learning how to ski, but then it's better. If I, if I asked you to, you know, if you brush your teeth with your right hand and I asked you to brush your teeth with your left hand for 30 days, the first couple of weeks, it's going to suck, but then it's going to become easier. Yep. Right. And this is, this is the case for everything. And yeah. if you're not willing to do it, then you're not allowing for the needle to move on your business and go find another business to be in. Honestly, go find something else. I want to talk about themes. You've mentioned that a couple of times. I'm a big theme person too. What have you found is best for any business owner? We also have investors who are listening into this and small business owners. What have you found is best for themes? Is it better for a theme for a month? Is it a quarter because that's a season? What, what have you found is best for people? Because I do think themes are the way to go because, you know, like the first first three months of this year for me has all all been relationships. When we start April, we're going to have right. another topic for three months that I coach on. So I do it quarterly. But what are your thoughts on some themes? And then give us some suggestions on some things that maybe you've seen people do to maybe help someone who's listening. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think from the coaching side, you know, or masterminds, I love themes because because it allows you to dig in over time and, and move people forward. I in my experience, what I've seen for agents and loan officers and almost anybody kind of in, a, in, in that that solo entrepreneur or small team setting, themes themes work. Themes are great for planning content, but I would not. I usually encourage them to not do unless it's like, what do you do with your house in spring? It's like kind right. of that. Right, um, right. Themes should be spread out over the year because. But but the theme but in that case for theming it's like it's it's great to chunk up to categories it's like whether a loan officer or an agent like I see wonderful success in literally just saying hey let's make a long list of real estate terms that confuse that you see people be confused of what is a buyer's agent and why should you care like mm -hmm. whether you're a loan officer or real estate agent that alone it's amazing when somebody actually just does a three minute video on that for people go oh. 
I didn't realize why I don't want the random random person from Zillow, why I actually want to choose. Like, that's a big thing. And so there's so many of those terms where it, it from an influence perspective, it does show that you're an authority, but you're helping serve people because you can make that list out of where you're seeing people. And then you can keep a Google Doc open so that when you have, you know, rather, rather than yeah. doing a random video, yeah. to your point. Yeah. Go bank it on the go bank it in that Google Sheet so that you can plan it in wherever it makes sense going yeah. forward. I like but that. You I capture like it still when it comes up. Yeah, I like the thread. I mean, I kind of like the thread of of terms, right? I have it's similar to I have something called Jen's yeah. Jots. I do a lot of comparisons. Like, are you are you on demand or in demand? Are you getting bitter or better? Are you reactive right. or offense? You know, offense. Are you working in offense or defense? Right. I have over eighty right. of those things, so I can thread those in right to my to my podcast yeah. even when i when i do a monologue those are my jen's jots right that those are the right. fillers for me i love that idea and i, I think that you should write that down yeah. <laughs> write that down yeah. you well should and to your point about theme themes like it fits in there very much as well like you know said you said you know you have a lot of you know there's a lot of investors that are listening to people as well and it's like okay my my wife and i own a number of properties and so we own a big property and it's like hey, there's a different theme to talk to investors about what do they need to know or how do they need to approach loans or thinking about buying investment properties. If are you the Grant Cardone kind of fan where you'll leverage to the hilt and 99% leverage if you can get to it would make you smile? Or are you the Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University where like there's a spectrum. No debt, no debt. Like even bringing that to people, like I, I know people on both sides that they actually don't realize where they would sit and so they just stay out of buying an investment property because they don't know how to even navigate that that discussion in their own brain, much less with their spouse. And I, well, as a loan officer, you could help me. You can help me through that. And that's a that like that's a great theme that I think could also come up very regularly with people as well. Is yeah. where do you sit on this? And which also then gives you a great place to bring in. Oh, you could bring in a fee based financial advisor to ask them some questions on a video, and they're yeah. gonna love it. So. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. So in the time that we have left, I just want to get an idea. What do you want to talk about? Let's just say, you know, there's a there's something you're interested in talking about. What do you want to share in our time left? Well, the, uh, the other thing I would just put up is the concept of networking. And I find so many people, they'll go in spurts with networking or they'll be like, gosh, I just hate networking. Yeah. And and, and, and it holds them back. From like, I'm like, look, we should all love on and most of your business is going to grow from loving on the relationships you already have. But but even it, but, you know, making new relationships for me, I find there's this concept called net weaving. So networking, I find so many people that they they tend to fall out of it. The reason they fall out is they've all had, we've all had this experience right. where you've met somebody out, out at church or in a community event and they shake your hand, they find out what you do and you can almost watch the calculation that says, you can't make, you can't help me right now. And they'll almost like, they've at least, sometimes they'll actually walk away if it's bad, right, but they right. checked out at that point. They're not yeah. listening, they're scanning. Well, because networking, I think so many people, they feel like it's a selfish type of approach as opposed to, and so at that point they're like, I don't want to be that kind of slimy salesperson that's doing this calculation. And so net weaving is a concept that was like, this gentleman I know here in Atlanta, he wrote the, he coined it originally and trademarked it in the seventies, but it takes much more of that servant leadership approach where it says, look, my goal, and this is, this is how I try doing events. And it helps me go back to the people I already know and says, look, 
like I just how can I help you? Like at the end, I do hope it comes back and try, you know, I can become that trusted, you know, resource to to, to the people that I know. But like when I meet somebody that I meet them out at a community event, like you have the, such a broad network as well. Like you and I might be able to make a single introduction for somebody that could fundamentally change their business. Yeah. And it would take seven minutes for you and me to sit down and you, know, go, you just need to meet Susie. Susie will fix your problem that you're just told me about. Yeah. And, and, and taking the time. And when I, when you approach that, that's called net weaving. It opens up things for people. And so whether you call it networking or not, like, look, you don't have to be in this just to like for yourself, be in this to help others. Yeah. And it also gives you a reason to go back to your past clients and go, hey, what's going on with you? Yeah. How can I help you? How can I serve you? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we have to remember it's not a sales call, it's a service call. Right. And I always right. tell my clients, you know, how dare you not contact your clients and serve them? <laughs> right. And this yeah. is what happens all the time. Well, I don't want to sound salesy. Well, then don't. It's a service call. You're saying, hey, I'm here to serve you. Is there anything going on that I can help you with? It's not, hey, do you have anybody for me? I'm looking, you know, if you know right. anybody. And so we have to get out of that. And I think, uh, I think your point is really great because, you know, whether you call it networking, net weaving, whatever words anybody, right. somebody wants to use, but you don't go to networking to get deals unless you're a Mary Kay consultant right? Have a, party, have a party, have a party, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, right? You're not going there to right. sell. You're going there to identify potential partners. And, and in doing right. that, you can say, how can I help you? And if they, and I always think it's three things, right? Either I can help them or I know someone who can help them, or I can do some research to find someone who can help them. Right. And if, and if I can't yeah. do any of those, if I can't find something, then maybe they aren't the right partner. Cause I can't help them. We don't yeah. have to be friends with everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and when you do that, it's like both us meeting new people and it also then changes the notes and follow-up actions you put in your CRM. Like when, when my wife and I bought this house, we have a storage room that's, that's stubbed out for a bathroom. So we talked about it. Well, unless, unless when you're, you're buying that home, you're like, we're going to do this right then. That's going to go on somebody's someday, maybe list. Yes. So it was like three years later, my agent followed up with me. And so he must've had a note in the CRM because he does like 120 transactions a year. Yeah, so yeah. It's not like he's remembering the right. Euler's have this stubbed out room. And <laughs> right. he literally just called me and just said, Hey, you've been Can in the I house for a while. Have you done anything with that stubbed out bathroom? I don't even know if you're thinking about it, but like, when you're ready to think about it, I, I can give you some insights about whether or not it makes financial sense for you. If that's on, if that's, and it was like, it wasn't Sally, it was a service call. Right. And it, it like, he would make no money out of that. He wasn't going to recommend anybody. It was just like, Hey, look, if, if what would be holding you back is do you drop 50 K on a new bathroom? I can tell you if that's going to come out in the end, or if you just want to drop 50 K, I'll tell you that it's, it's a, it's a nice to have, but it won't change the value of yeah. the home really. Or I that love much. that. Yeah. I love that. That was that his angle. entire call. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that angle. And, you know, it's also, it's, it's also, he can, he can recommend somebody and he won't make money, right. but that re law of reciprocity will kick in for him. And, you know, yeah. for us, for you, you, the people that are listening here, you know, that, that law of reciprocity will keep in, you know, one of the things that I've always said, and hopefully everyone will take notes on this is that there should be an entrance strategy, a holding strategy, and an exit strategy for every client you work with. And, you know, we all do the entrance and then don't do anything except like what you were saying is like, Hey, if you're looking to buy, and I guess nobody's looking to buy. So I'll just keep beating my head against the wall. There is a right. holding strategy, you know, during that period that they're holding. And this is what you're speaking to specifically. So I absolutely, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely love that. Okay, last question. What do you think is happening in the market? What do you think your take on what you're seeing for this year, for the balance of this year? Is this going to be a good market? Is it going to be the same market? What are your thoughts? And especially My- be ready for when the when happens. How long is everybody going to have to be ready for when the when happens? Yeah, my my personal opinion is we're we're going to see things continue to be slow this entire year, and they they may even slow down more than what we're seeing right now. Yeah. And the, the 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 favorable wind may not pick back up until next year, and so it's possible it could happen earlier. But I you know I I would plan on a it's going to be slow until February of next year, and that and plan your marketing and what you're doing now. If you're not showing homes, if you're not doing listings. What can you do now that you wouldn't be able to do when things really pick back up? I mean, the, people may this is this is the time when you're you're at people's actions. If they're not, you know, they're not closing closing a ton of deals. This is when they're going to though do the work that's going to add one to two zeros to their personal network. It's yeah. just whether they sit on the sidelines and they they hide, or whether or not they they do things that are going to grow their business when the wind turns back. Yeah. Yeah. That's that hyper-focus, right? So don't sit back and go, you know what? And nothing's there. So I'll just wait. You're going to lose opportunities. Okay. So you have a lot of fun stuff behind you. I'd like for you to just pick out one thing to tell us about. <laughs> and I'm really interested in that phone over there, but tell us one the thing. Phone? About you. Yeah. Tell us about you. Yeah. A little bit about um, that. So that, my, that was in a home cottage that my, uh, my grandfather built in, in uh, mid Michigan. I don't know, like 1930 or something like that. And so we sna- I snagged it out and, and, and got it. So then awesome. uh, I also have down on what this shelf right here, this was from the first event that I hosted at the White House uh, with a not so favorable president. Uh, but so. That's awesome. That, so. Where are you from in Michigan? Notice uh, I- so that, yeah, right. Yeah, so the, just about 30 minutes outside of just maybe 45 minutes, a small little town called Colon. So not technically from there. That was our vacation home until yeah, I was 12. Yeah. So. My family's from Mount Pleasant, Central Michigan okay. University by Saginaw. Yeah, I that's why I was asking. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so a quote, a mantra, an affirmation that you use every day that you like to share with us as we end our time together. Oh, yeah, for my mom. We're, we're not done when we're tired. We're done when the work's completed. Oh, Wow. <laughs> wow. That's why you only like sleeping two to three hours. A night. <laughs> well, that's, that's genetics. My dad yeah, is yeah. the same, but yeah. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> hilarious. But that's true. So say it again. We're not done when. We're, 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 we're not done when we're tired. We're done when the work is completed. Love she it. told me that first when I was like nine years old and we're still raking leaves by the moonlight at probably like 1230 AM oh, in Michigan. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I love it. Thank you so much, Kurt, for your, your insight today. Wow. You're just a wealth of knowledge and, and for all your success, you know, congratulations on that. What a dynamic, diverse experience you've had in your life. And I just wish you the best moving forward as well. And and I appreciate all of the wisdom that you provided us here today. Uh, Thank you. I've, I've been blessed to have some really good mentors and coaches. Yeah, that helps, right? That absolutely helps. Everyone, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We sure appreciate it. Take a quick minute to scroll down on your phone. Give us a great five-star rating and be sure to make a write a comment about Kurt, what you loved about what you heard today. And don't forget to take action, right? Stop talking, take action, and you will get the results. And we will see you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. 
Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery Membership Community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.